A good story takes us on a journey. It reminds us of where we've been and shows us where we could go. A good story makes us feel and inspires us to act. Welcome to the Good Story Podcast, where everyday stories that make you laugh, cry, or feel slightly uncomfortable will leave you inspired as Kirsten King tells true stories and teaches truth. say sentences that surprise you? Like when our kids were little, I remember saying, guys, noodles aren't toys. Or stop skating on the corn. Or just because it can fit in your nose doesn't mean it should go there. One day I was talking with a friend and said, I've actually learned a lot from pirates. Maybe more specifically, I should say, my visit to the pirate museum really upped my meditation game. It's that sentence I'd like to expound on a little bit today. I'd love to start by reading Psalm 1. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand in the path with sinners, or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. But not the wicked. They're like worthless chaff, scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. In this psalm, we see a distinction between the godly and the wicked, yeah? What are the godly doing? Or more accurately, in the first verse, what aren't they doing? First, they aren't following the advice of the wicked. How can they tell it's wicked advice? That's a great question that we'll answer in a minute. But for now, what else aren't the godly doing? They aren't standing on the path with sinners. Wait, though, didn't even Jesus eat with sinners? Yeah, but this verse is saying something different than that. It's telling us not to stand on the sinner's path, not to go the road that the sinner is taking, not to go their direction. It's saying the sinner's direction shouldn't be ours. It's that Matthew 7, 13 path where Jesus says, The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. The godly don't pick that path. And finally, in Psalm 1, it says, the godly don't join in with mockers. The godly don't call the things of God detestable. They don't roll their eyes at God. They don't scoff. They don't mock the things that are true and right. Which, again, brings us back to how do we know what is wicked counsel? How do we know if we're on this highway to hell? How do I know what is true and right so I don't end up mocking it? The answer is found in what follows in Psalm 1, verse 2. It begins with, but. So we know an opposite is coming. There's going to be a huge contrast, right? Like if we heard somebody say, I work every day next week, but Wednesday. We would say, whoa, something so different about Wednesday. What's the contrast here? Instead of seeing what the godly don't do, we're instead going to see what they do but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. First, they delight. What does that mean? It means you love it. I can delight in food. I can delight in certain foods more than others. I can delight in watching football, certain games more than others, but I can delight in spending time outside. I can delight in visiting a new city and going to a new restaurant in spending time with my family and friends and reading a great book or watching an amazing movie. Psalm 1 tells us that the godly delight in the law of the Lord. 
Keep in mind, it doesn't say that's the only place they find delight. All those things I just mentioned are fine things to delight in. But what about the word? Do I delight in it? Part of the way I can see if I do or not is by asking myself the next question. Do I meditate on it day and night like the godly person mentioned does? And this is where my trip to the Pirate Museum intersects with this scripture. A few years back, I called up one of my adult sons and I told him I wanted to take him on a mystery trip. This is something we did when our kids were younger. We'd plan some surprise that was meant just for them or we'd take all four of them, sometimes one at a time or whatever. And I called him up and said, okay, here's the deal. I need a couple hours and maybe some time for lunch. Let me know a day that works for you. He told me a day and I drove over and picked him up. We made our way to the St. Paul Science Museum And as we pulled in, he looks and he's like, seriously, we're going to a museum? Which was a pretty legit question because when he was younger, he and I were probably the least two likely people to enjoy a museum. But I said, wait for it. And as we walked in, he saw it was an exhibit on pirates. Now, why pirates and why this kid for the mystery trip? When he was younger, he used to always want a story about pirates. And so I tell him a story. And every time the hero in the story was Pirate Pete. Like, oh, mom, can you tell me a story about Pirate Pete? This is like when he was like really young, like four or something. He's like, can you tell me a story about Pirate Pete? And I'd tell him the story. And at the end, Pirate Pete, there was always some moral. Pirate Pete was suddenly nicer to his sister. Or Pirate Pete was really helping his mom out a lot, cleaning up after himself. Or Pirate Pete was sharing Christ with those on the ship. Whatever it was. Anyway, he loved it. And so today, here we are. We're driving up to this museum. And he's thinking, what are we going to do here? Because like I said previously, we were all into the interactive parts. Hey, look, we're driving a tugboat. Hey, look, it's like I'm an ant. I'm crawling around. It feels just like an ant. Or, hey, look, my hair is standing straight up. This is crazy. And I kind of thought today would be no different. But it was way different. We walked in past the bigger-than-life-size pirate, entered the exhibit, and we could not stop reading. It was so interesting. Huh, Pirates shared all the loot and bounty they gathered, unlike the Royal Navy. That's why it was so easy to recruit. Huh. They jump on a ship, drawing swords from their scabbards, and they commandeer it. Sometimes, hey, Danny, look, sometimes it says they even took ship captains to their desired destinations before stealing the boat. Whoa. Danny, look at this. Danny, read this one. We spent hours there, and then we talked all about it over lunch. Later that night... My husband and I had plans to meet a couple for dinner. We'd recently moved to the area, and we were enjoying this process of getting to know new people, and they had asked us if we wanted to meet for dinner. So, hopped in our car, drove, walked in, and they had already were seated. We walked over, sat down next to them, and then they made a fatal error. They asked us, how was your day? And that started it. I started talking about pirates, and I could not stop. Oh, it was great. I went to a pirate museum. Hey, did you guys know that walking a gangplank is a myth? which totally makes sense. Why, if you're going to send somebody off the ship, would you say, okay, now balance on this little tiny board? No, they just pitched them overboard. Or sometimes they tie them to a rope and throw them behind the boat and drag them for a while. That makes more sense, doesn't it? They kind of looked at me a little bit weird. But whatever. And I went on, hey, did you know that many of the pirates, because I thought they kind of sounded mean. And then I said, did you know that many of the pirates took it up as a vocation just because they needed to care for their families and the Royal Navy was not paying them enough? Then we needed to order. So we ordered. And then I talked about it again. Hey, did you know that there's female pirates? I had no idea that there was female pirates, but they were. Often they were the ones with the short swords and they'd jump on the ship and they were so small and they'd run around and surprise people and just stab them. I'm like, oh my goodness, why am I talking about this? And I could not stop. 
And then I asked them, hey, okay, just one question. Do you think they wore eye patches or not? Yes or no? Yes? No? Yes? Okay. Yep, they did. Uh, they don't really know why. They thought maybe it was good for night vision or whatever. Oh, yeah, this food. Yep, it's really good. Order dessert. They start asking, oh, do we want to order dessert? And I'm like, oh, you know what, guys? I know I keep talking about pirates and I know I should stop, but there's just like a couple more things. First of all, not all the flags were skull and crossbones. And X marks the spot. It's a myth, which makes total sense. If they'd grab a bunch of loot, they'd keep it with them. They didn't know if they were going to go back the same way on the ship. They had no idea. So they'd take all the stuff with them. I am so sorry. Okay, one more thing, though. The youngest pirate was seven. They found his leg bone. They told the story about him. The pirates had grabbed the ship that his mom and he were traveling on, and he threatened the life of his own mother if she didn't let him join the pirate band, and he did. And then he died really young because they found his bone, and he was seven. Okay, yep. And dinner was over, and it was time for us to go. And I thought, oh my goodness, this couple, they probably think I'm like some pirate savant. I'm not sure if I talked about anything but pirates. We were walking to our car and I turned and I looked at my husband. I'm like, Kenny, is it true? Did I only talk about pirates the whole night? He looked at me and <laughs> he said, actually, yeah. Which brings us back to Psalm 1-3. If the godly are delighting in the law of the Lord, and if they're meditating on it day and night, they're going to be like a tree bearing fruit. Their lives will be productive. They'll be blessed with the presence of God himself. Verse 6 says that the Lord watches over the path of the godly, not in a distant, check it out sort of way, but in a caring, guiding, shepherding, personal way. Psalm 1611 says, You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasure of living with you forever. Not without bumps, not without unexpected turns, perhaps, but always with the joy and pleasure of his presence. So how did it end? Did I ever see these people again? Yes, I did. Did they notice you fixated on pirates? Again, yes, yes, they did. In fact, there are times when they refer to an event as, was that before or after our pirate dinner? Which is kind of embarrassing, but it's a good story.